0: Everybody, Brett Stewart here. Welcome to another episode of Movie Go Round. This is the final episode that was unfortunately affected by the hard drive crash of 2018. I'm still working to recover files. We'll see if we can or not. But to keep us on release schedule week to week, we wanted to put something in your feed. Uh, since this was a you did this to us week, we wanted to pick something that we had seen in the past that was inflicted upon us by somebody else. Now, if you're all familiar with Geek Cinema Society, that was the first show myself, David, and Nicole did together, that was You Did This To Us every single week. The guests got to pick the movie, and it was a profoundly bizarre list of movies. So we ended up watching a lot of the types of movies that you all typically vote for on You Did This To Us. So while you voted for Legally Blonde... And we had a great discussion on that. I'm bummed about that. But I will tell you that all of us enjoyed it to varying degrees, surprisingly, Uh, except for David. David quite likes Legally Blonde. We did want to put something in your feed very similar, at least in spirit, which was Starship Troopers, an episode from Geek Cinema Society where we got to watch and discuss a very bizarre, weird movie that had a bunch of different hot takes. I think you're really going to enjoy it. This gave me another opportunity, just like last week, to remaster a really fantastic Geek Cinema episode listen to my younger self. My voice has changed. I've noticed that. Uh, but on top of that, really give it the remastering treatment it deserves two and a half years down the line. Uh, so really quickly, though, I do want to shout out Eric Yovanovich of Podcast vs. Podcast. That is an exceptional podcast you owe it to yourself to check out. He was our guest on Legally Blonde, and I'm so bummed you're not going to be able to hear our discussion with him. But we're hopefully going to get him back on the show But in the meantime, podcast versus podcast, Eric's podcast is really fantastic. It is worth listening to. Please go check that out. Uh, And otherwise, enjoy this episode of You Did This to Us, which will actually be a rerun of Starship Troopers. And then one more thing next week, new to two, it's happening again. This is not a rerun episode coming next week. And that is going to be the 1998 George Clooney J-Lo vehicle out of sight. So that'll be Nicole's pick. We'll see you next week. Hello, hello, hello. My name is indeed Brett Stewart, and you are indeed listening to the Geek Cinema Society, the show where every single week we delve into a film that's considered pivotal to geek culture and when we did that and made that big giant list we reached out to you the listeners you came and you voted you moved movies up and down a big giant list somewhat incoherently we don't really know frankly why a lot of these movies are on this list but we watch them anyway and we have a lot of fun doing so and every single week our guest is seeing that week's film for the very first time in their life before i introduce our wonderful guest this week i do want to introduce my two equally wonderful co-hosts that join me every week as always nicole davis how are you this fine evening
1: my cat has been vomiting all week, kind of neatly summing up the way um, I feel about most Paul Verhoeven movies. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> I took her to the vet this morning and she's better now. So I feel better now and I have a slightly better attitude toward the film and I'm ready to go.
0: <laughs> right on. Well, nobody likes a sick cat or a sick dog. A sick animal's nobody no. knows. So I'm glad. I'm glad she's. Is it a she? Is, or is it a he?
1: Yes. It's a no, she. It's I'm Jane glad Austin. she's
0: doing that. Is her name, name Jane Austin? Yes. Oh, I love it. I love it. My girlfriend's cat's name is Stevie Nicks. I think all animals should have last names. <laughs> uh, and David Luzader, how are you doing?
2: Oh, I am doing so great. You know, I've seen this movie, and I'm just, I'm just filled with pride. Where I just want to go out, and I want to. Go to the nearest recruitment office and throw myself in because that's, that's what any self-respecting person would do, right?
1: I know oh, they don't actually have co-ed showers in the military, right? now. I'm
2: David. out. <laughs> I take it uh, all back.
0: <laughs> joining us this week is Gordon of GG Podcasting. You can find that over on ggpodcasting.com. It's a network that includes shows like Random Reviews and Other Ramblings and Donald's Dungeon, which was one of the first ones I tuned into that I particularly enjoyed. Uh, Gordon, thanks for spending time with us.
3: Oh, yeah, happy to be here. Uh, I feel like I'm up against the wall, though, because I actually like this movie. So we might be having some some disagreements, but... I like parts I'm of it. Fight for it. I'm going to defend it. I think we're, I'm going to change your minds by the end of this.
0: You should because I I like a good chunk of this too, and I know David and Nicole are going to make fun make fun of me for that because I always defend the worst movies we watch. Uh, now, give us a bit of a rundown of what is on GG Podcasting. You are the first representative from your network here on ours. Uh, I believe yep. it's you and someone else with the first name with the G too. It is, yeah. My friend Jeff, uh, we
3: were bored one day, couldn't find a movie on Netflix, so we decided, well, let's just pick a random one and then might as well talk about it. So that's where random reviews and other ramblings came up. We're trying to get the most out of our Netflix subscription. So every week we just pick a random movie, watch it, talk about it, Uh, and then we just talk about like movie news, whatever we did, saw the last week, just kind of like a general movie show after that. Uh, and the more we did that, uh, then we decided we would like podcasting. So then we started up Donald's Dungeon, where we play Dungeons and Dragons with Donald Trump. It is a ton of fun, lots of, especially if you if you like D and D, if you like people pretending to be Donald Trump. I think it works forever. It, it crosses all the you know it crosses all the dots. Uh, <laughs> Absolutely. So that's a great show. And then of course you know, like I said, we just we can't get enough. So we just started our third show, The Morning Dump. It's a daily show. Every day, we take five or six minutes, you know, while you're taking your five or six minutes, just to talk about something random. Uh, every month, we try and do a specific theme that we follow. So every day, the topic fits in that theme. You and know, that's I, all we got. If you got uh, other ideas, though, we'd be happy to uh, <laughs> to get them on there. We just, yeah, we caught caught, caught the bug, so to speak, uh, for podcasting.
1: question yeah what's up with with random reviews i would assume that you come up with some
3: we have not watched a single good movie no
1: i I was gonna say some real dogs yes what's the (laughs) worst one you've seen so far
3: i wish i could answer that it every week genuinely nearly every week uh me specifically jeff his spirit he still has some soul in him god bless him because mine is just completely (laughs) broken at this point so every week i feel like i'm saying like well it can't get worse than this and then it does uh so every we decide we have every year at the end of the year we do what we call the randy's where we just we celebrate the worst movies that we saw so i don't even have one just you can go check out the whole list on our website uh just for (laughs) all the terrible movies we've watched
0: well, there are there are two things I'd say to you before we get started on this episode. The first one is congratulations for doing a daily show because that's hard. Even if it's like 4 or 5 minutes a day, still the effort to get on the mic and do it, uh, edit it, put it on the feed. Props for that. That's really awesome. Yeah, and thank uh you. and second, I just want to read a tiny excerpt from one of your recent random reviews and other ramblings. We have now wasted more time watching foreign cinema than the foreign language film award committee has spent uh picking every foreign language Uh, film Academy Award nominee ever, or at least how that feels. Uh, and this was for the film, let her cry in which Jeff rated it one star and you literally didn't give it any.
3: (laughs) Yep. Uh, I'm, I'm famous for my zero stars. I really, that movie was a mess. It was a Sri Lankan film about this guy who's cheating on his wife. And so, to mend that relationship, the wife invites the girl that he's cheating on into their home and they like all hang out, and then she passively aggressively gets mad at her. It's terrible. Yeah, that's making it sound way better than it is. That sounds uh, <laughs> like there's at least some drama, right? I was almost interested in that yeah, idea. <laughs> it's not good. It's well, really bad.
0: Well, a film that some people think is really bad and other people don't, and it certainly has some drama and one way or another, is this week's film on Geek Cinema Society, 1997's Starship Troopers. In the distant future, the Earth is at war with a race of giant alien insects. Little is known about the bugs, except they are intent on the eradication of all human life a mobile infantry unit travels to distant alien planets to take the war to the bugs they are a ruthless enemy with only one mission survival of their species no matter what the cost Uh, i just want to throw out there that this is such a horrible this is a horrible film synopsis because the last sentence leaves it ambiguous as to who is the ruthless enemy and i don't think that was intentional i don't think they were uh I don't think they were cunning enough to do that. Uh, But this It it also makes it
2: seem like stuff happens
0: in the first hour.
3: That's true. (laughs) Oh, so much stuff. Okay, I'll I'll wait. But so much stuff happens in that first hour. That that was a great first hour. uh, That whole.
0: uh, This is going to be a fascinating discussion. Uh, Nicole. This was rated 138 out of 500 on our list, so there are certainly people that are in Gordon's camp that believe this is a good movie, and I might be one of them, and, and, and he might have to fully you know, help me get on that side of the fence by the end of this, but why is it 138 out of 500?
1: Okay. Um, Robert Heinlein, who's the author of the original story, is one of the science fiction giants of the mid-20th century and he's often grouped together with authors like Isaac Asimov and Arthur C. Clarke. Uh, this is one of his earlier stories, and director Paul Verhoeven and his Robocop writer Edward Neumeier took the plot of Heinlein's novel and kind of rewrote it from the opposite ideological viewpoint, uh, pointing out how patriotism can be warped into nationalism and then bigotry. Uh, The propaganda films within the film are these outrageous, gung-ho, jingoistic shorts about as subtle as ads for children's toys. Um, The main film is a little more subtly also shot like an ad with a pretty cast that seems vapid, a lead who looks like he stepped off an SS recruiting poster. Um, The effects in the movie actually hold up quite well over time, and this movie is a favorite to many. Uh, both for its look and for its use of gore for shock and comedic effect, as well as for its pointed uh, social satire.
0: Certainly has a lot of that. Gordon, this was your first time viewing Starship Troopers. Uh, I believe David and Nicole had both seen this prior, correct? Nope. Yeah. Oh, um, David had, I had never seen it. Never seen it. Okay, so three out of four had never seen it because I hadn't as well. Uh, Gordon, why did you pick the film? You know, I,
3: it's one. So I was looking through your list. It's it's funny when you go through that list because every movie that you see is one you've already seen. So I was like, oh, I would watch that, but I've seen it already. Mm-hmm. So then I got to Star, Starship Troopers. And um, as much as I love movies and I do love them, I don't really watch old movies. If it was made before I was born, I really don't care about it for the most part. I haven't seen a lot of those kind of classic movies. And Starship Troopers is one of those that I just always kind of heard about that was classic and from what I heard, good. Uh, ironically, everything that I heard about it, when I watched the movie, I didn't find. So I was kind of led uh, astray as far as what I thought this movie was going to be. I thought it was going to be a little, I don't know, I, I wasn't really sure what to expect, I guess. But yeah, so I just heard much, a lot about it and always meant to watch. It was always one of those, well, I, I would, but I don't never really felt the motivation to. And then you guys asked me on the show and I saw it and so seized the opportunity.
0: Right on. And broadly, before we delve into some of our discussion topics, what about the film did appeal to you? This is something that you came out of and you enjoyed it, it seems.
3: Yeah, I mean, I just liked kind of all of it. Um, it it works. I think it, it mix, mixes a lot of genres. So we're talking about that first hour, especially that whole first hour is really a character drama, almost almost like a high school drama. That's uh, something you don't even realize for the first 20 minutes of the movie, because these are all adult beautiful actors and actresses. <laughs> yes. You don't realize that they're like 30 old year olds school. in high yeah. school. Yeah. Yeah. Um, especially the main guy. I don't know why I can't remember his name all of a sudden. Rico. But, uh, Casper, Rico. Van yeah, Casper Van Dien. Yeah. Casper Van Dien. I mean, he, at least Neil Patrick Harris looks kind of young in, in that role, but he kind of still like looks like, his like his he's like
0: in high school. So yeah.
3: Yeah. But Casper especially. Face. Just, Rico looks so old. So that took me a while, but, and then it cuts like after that first hour, or so it, it kind of changes into this war movie. Uh, and the whole time, you know, you have those the propaganda pieces and stuff that kind of tie it all together and kind of give you these, it, it's really, that's pretty blatant. And then the whole rest of the movie is almost thinly veiled satire of this kind of war and culture and how we, how we treat it. Uh, and I just, I think it all just kind of worked. I connected to the characters. I felt bad for Rico and when, when things were going wrong in his life uh, and then the other characters in the movie as well. So, I, I yeah, I just really enjoyed it. I think it kind of all worked, and it mixed a bunch of different things to make a pretty solid end product.
0: Very cool. So why don't we go around the table a little bit and have some responses to banter back and forth on whether or not this was liked or disliked, and then we'll go into our discussions. Uh, David, what do you think?
2: Uh, all right. So there's parts of this movie that I liked and parts that I didn't like. I particularly found the contrast of the different sections of the military really interesting like how you had the infantry grunts had this very different lifestyle from the people who were like in the pilot academy and that was super interesting to me Um, a lot of the stuff like the terrible acting and I would say (laughs) mediocre action uh, wasn't great I will say like the effects do mostly hold up really well which is really cool. Um, it's 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 very middle of the line, I think, for me. It's like it's not like there's stuff to like about it, uh, but there's also just stuff that makes it so campy um, that that it's like I, I can't fully
0: enjoy it. It is a really campy film. What do you think, Nicole?
1: Ah, uh, well. I mean, I had seen this before and I have to admit that the first time I watched this, I saw it too young and the satire was lost on me. So I took it at face value and was kind of disgusted by this uh, very uh, right wing militaristic rah-rah movie. And, you know, it's starting to make me think that like nobody should be allowed to watch a Paul Verhoeven movie until they're (laughs) at least in their late 20s um because there's They're
0: late there's 20s so much i'm not even in the crowd <laughs>
1: <laughs> that he's that he's dealing with you know he's he's got a lot to say about society and its things that you don't necess- you won't necessarily have learned uh at a young age um but you know i watching this again i caught all the satire it was blazingly obvious to me this time um <sighs> But the thing is, Paul Verhoeven, I can tell, he is a very accomplished filmmaker. He is very good at what he does. He's very much in control of what he's making. And I just don't happen to like it. Um, the uh, I really don't like his aesthetic, uh, the way that everything is sort of you know, it almost looks the the way he uses color in this movie. And in a, a lot of his movies, it's like all the pieces of the background were cut out of one color of construction paper. Nothing has any texture to it. It's all yeah. very flat, uh, flat colors and um, not a lot of dimension to it when they're indoors. And, um, I just – and he he loves gore. He loves really shocking gore. And it's just – I don't find his movies very pleasant to watch. Um, So I can't say that I enjoy them, but I recognize and respect that he is a proficient filmmaker.
0: Okay, very cool. And just for reference for people not familiar, other films he has done include RoboCop, Total Recall, uh, Basic Instinct, Showgirls. Showgirls. <laughs> so just, just the, for reference so people know. Uh, is this the first Paul Verhoeven movie we've
1: done on this podcast? Yes. Yes, I think so.
0: It is. Man, I need to finish making that list. Anyway. So uh, this is a film that I found particularly interesting because I was like, is this kind of a Nazi thing? Like the entire movie, um, especially, <laughs> yes. esp- especially,
1: what I, I don't know. I, th-
0: th- I think it was the the when Doogie Hauser showed up, you know, like dressed up in the trench coat. I think that's when it really sold it for me. Uh, There's like the hits of it up until that. And then he walks in. And you're like, yeah.
3: I mean, That's they, what they're doing. They call themselves the Federation. I mean, it's <laughs> not... It's, it's just the Empire. You know, this, this is Star wars light kind of.
0: I actually read a very uh, compelling argument in an internet forum from 2003, uh, which was where people were arguing about oh, Starship boy. Troopers. And one person was arguing that, is, is is it possible that Starship Troopers takes place in an alternate reality in which... Uh, nazi germany won world war ii and that was fascinating to me um i don't think that that's actually the case especially because in their history class they talk about uh the u.s destroying hiroshima which i which i just historically speaking the u.s wouldn't destroy hiroshima unless it was a final blow to the axis Mm -hmm. uh but Uh, i digress uh that's an interesting idea to me that that there is there is you know like decades, if not hundreds of years, because I don't think it specifies what year it's in, that there's a there's a, uh, 2197, there's a for it. 2197. Okay, so almost 200 years. That would be really cool, and it would kind of explain some stuff.
2: I don't know. Well, well one thing, and I threw this in the show notes uh, as a discussion point, but in the DVD commentary, uh, Verhoeven says his intentions very clearly are, is that the film's message is that war makes fascists of us all. Uh, right, so I think it, it was just kind of the idea of like, yeah, the Nazis are really terrible at the time, but given enough time and enough war, like we're all basically going to be Nazis. That's, that's what, what you're suddenly saying. I mean, uh. a,
1: a key thing to remember is that Paul Verhoeven was born in 1938 in the Netherlands. So, I mean, Nazism was still going in full swing when he was a young child.
2: And this brings another thing that I also threw into the show notes uh, in which Michael Ironside uh, read the book as a youth, asked Verhoeven, who grew up in Nazi-occupied Netherlands, why are you doing a right-wing fascist movie? To which Verhoeven replied, if I tell the world that a right-wing fascist way of doing things doesn't work, no one will listen to me, so I'm going to make a perfect fascist world. Everyone is beautiful, everything is shiny, everything has big guns and fancy ships, but it's only good for killing effing bugs. (laughs)
0: uh one of my one of my potential pratfalls of this movie and I'd be interesting to hear Gordon's thought on this is there doesn't the only antagonist that I felt in this movie was not really even the bugs for some reason and maybe that's just because I didn't identify with any sort of motivation from them uh it was really mostly just Denise Richards and how much I hate her. Um, she's like yeah, she, she was, was kind awful. of the antagonist for me because I didn't uh, – here's the thing. As soon as she did the whole like college girlfriend leaves two months later, this isn't going to work over text message. I was like I no was longer care about it. I no longer care Snapchat. about it. I don't, <laughs> I don't care about her character. I don't want to learn about her development. I don't want to follow her stupid flight school. I want the interesting stuff, and I found her so disinteresting and so so one-dimensional, more one-dimensional than any other character. And I was, so she was the movie's antagonist to me. I was like, kill her now, kill her now, like three, <laughs> four times, and they wouldn't just I- go through with it. I want to rewatch this movie now
3: thinking the whole time that Denise Richards is the villain and seeing what that adds. I mean, it adds a lot because I agree. I, I, <laughs> whenever uh, I, It's not at the end when she's genuinely in danger, but there's a different time. And I, I caught myself. I was like, I kind of wish she would just die right now.
0: Yeah, I want you him to just be happy that. with curly hair right. girl. Dizzy. Dazzy. Yeah.
3: Uh, Dizzy. Also,
2: interestingly, Dizzy in the book is a man cool and so.
1: dies in like the first chapter yeah
2: uh also like like let's just let's 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 posit a world in which denise richards is the villain of all films because <laughs> that she's in because that's far more interesting to me um i just i just think like, she's the one like the bugs kill the other guy first and yeah true she wounds the brain bug but that's like classic you know diversionary tactic i think we have to assume that as time goes on she continues feeding information to the bugs and they eventually win the war
0: she's a mole yeah exactly exactly that far more interesting movie potentially but i really didn't feel any i didn't feel any i feel like a good part of any conflict is having some motivation of some capacity by the antagonist even if it is something as deplorable and i couldn't find that with the arachnid things i don't know what do you think gordon
3: well, I think that's kind of the point is that we don't really know why we're at war with these guys. We're not even really sure like that asteroid comes out of nowhere. They're not we can't even prove that it was these bugs. and this kind of goes back to what the movie's trying to say of that like when you get to this kind of a society where it is, you have, if you want to be a citizen, you have to serve in the military. So if you want the right to vote and all that, you have to go kill bugs and a good the only good bugs a dead bug, you know. Mm -hmm. I think that's kind of the whole point is that you're not really supposed to know that there's the antagonist. You just, they tell you it's the bugs. So we're going to go kill the bugs. That's how it works. And then that's kind of why I don't mind. I know you guys are talking about the campiness, but I think that's almost intentional because you're watching these action scenes and they're genuinely terrible. They're awful, terrible action scenes, but it kind of plays. It plays like that kind of soldier fantasy, right? They're never taking cover. They're always just standing there, guns at their hips. They don't even aim, and they're just mowing down bugs. They never reload, you know, infinite ammo, and they're just shooting all these guys, and it kind of continues to feed into that theme of, like, this is just, this whole movie should be, is literally a propaganda film with real, prop, you know, the heavy propaganda sliced into it, but I think you're kind of supposed to take the whole thing in that way. And so I think for me, when I was watching it, that kind of made it better because yeah, you're right. There is no real antagonist, but then you start thinking about like why why then why are we fighting the bugs? Why are we so mad? Why did all the antagonist all
2: this is ourselves?
0: Something like um, that. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. they
2: built up this army and
0: like well, we have nothing to do, let's go attack bugs. Alright, so mm-hmm. let me let Can me you- posit this then. Oh go sorry, go ahead, Nicole.
1: Oh, I was gonna say I think that's part of the point. You know, there's this quick Reference dropped by the reporter that uh, the bugs may be attacking because we encroached into their space first uh, and destroyed part of their habitat, and mm-hmm. so they defended themselves. But I mean, I think part, you know, part of the point of this being a, you know, a, a parody of a propaganda film is that. We don't really need a reason. It's just they're different from us. They're scary. We're going to bomb the living crap out of them until they're gone.
0: Right. Uh, Because actually, that alludes into what I was going to, to posit, which is what if the humans are the bad guys in this? Like, what if what if these? These, a 100.
3: I'm yeah, pretty because, sure that asteroid was an inside job, guys. I'm pretty conspiracy <laughs> <pretty laughs> the theorist, but that was uh, a false flag. Yeah, she piloted that. Jet comet.
0: fuel can't melt asteroids. Um, exactly. but uh, anyway. Uh, I, I felt, the only time I felt any emotion in this movie other than loathing for Denise, for Denise Richards was when like they're all like pulling, <laughs> pulling the big giant thing out of the cave and then Neil Patrick Harris starts like having his little, you know, telepathic communication with it and he's like, it's afraid. And everyone's like, yeah, like. And and I was like wow this is like barbaric <laughs> this is messed up and it looks so sad and and I don't know like yeah. if it's just defending its little rock and and it needs to eat their brains because they're coming in guns a blazing and trying to kill them I don't know that that that's not given to me and I know I'm not supposed to know that know that but who knows the brain bug was such an interesting thing cuz like did that
2: bug evolve out of like necessity how do the bugs <laughs> communicate how do they disseminate this information
1: yeah why does the brain bug look like a like a bald brain? fat maltese with too many eyes Great question. <laughs> why that? this is this is something that bothers me about a lot of science fiction movies is somehow the alien is one species, and yet has so many forms. Unlike humans, who we're all essentially the same shape. You know, there's some of us are smaller. We start out small. We get bigger. You know, some of us shrink a little as we age. Some of us are slightly different colors, but we're like we're all the same shape.
2: Some of us are Denise Richards. It's you
0: know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I I I just have. I have so many questions about this movie. I don't even know whether or not I dislike it. I, and it's mostly just a hate for Denise Richard. Like, I'm gonna keep going back to it because I find her character so annoying. And then, like, there's, there's this great, like, but, like, I just wanna talk about the frustrating stereotypeness of, I know it's not a word, of, like, the, of, like, the girl that was always right for you. You put her what? in the friend zone, but she always stuck around. We are and, given. We are given no reason
2: to like her character at all. She is good at everything she does. D-
0: Dizzy, like f- from the beginning. Oh di- no, I'm talking about um, Denise Richards' character. Oh yeah, no, I totally agree uh, with that. I'm talking about Dizzy. Or, he's like the girl that oh, was Dizzy, always yeah. right for him, and he always sidelined. And then all of a sudden, he gets dumped on Skype, and he's like, mm, "Dizzy's looking mighty fine," and like she's all like, "Yeah." Well, well she's got like, problems with willing it. willing
2: to say I love you because she's
1: sad. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> She's uh, like one of the few characters I like in this movie. No, yeah, she is interesting and <laughs> She's captain of the football team. Oh,
2: yeah. Or
3: whatever
1: that sport is that they're playing. Yeah.
3: <laughs> that's the one thing I love about science fiction movies is how they try and make it the future, and then at the same time, it's, well. <laughs> uh, OK, they agree. We we try and make it the future, but then it's like, well, we still have arena football in a gymnasium and (laughs)
0: we're
3: we're still. uh, Because doing doing the weird flips outside would be too expensive. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) right? We can't afford a real. um, So just things like that. And then, you know, the you look at all like the laser graphics and it's like, well, okay. I mean. Uh, we would have more advanced displays and stuff like that. So you can always see like the old, the touches of the times. Cause this was the late nineties.
2: What I love, one thing that I thought was hilarious is when they're doing that ground exercise where that one guy gets his actual head blown off, uh, because they're doing a live exercise with live ammunition, which is so stupid. But like the guys that are popping up look like green army men. Like they don't they do. even look like actual targets. They look like plastic green army men you would buy at the store.
3: Yeah, they do.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's that's very weird. And I mean, but I do like that they, you know, they make a point that the um, the dopey guy taking off his helmet gets killed by friendly fire just because one of his squad mates trips and fires as she's falling down.
3: Um, Well, she got shot, so she was getting like electrocuted because she got hit by the lasers from the green guys.
1: Oh, okay. So I think mm. it
3: was more involuntary
0: than she was a klutz. Oh,
1: I missed that bit.
0: Yeah. yeah, because he had him take his helmet off. Like I mean,
1: a- poor her, now she can't go into politics, like she was saying in the shower that she wanted to do.
0: Yeah, she had to leave in shame. Mm, oh. The walk of shame. Walk of shame. All right, let's talk about the showers. In fact, let's just talk about the <laughs> yes. co of this entire movie because from the from the beginning I immediately noticed that like oh they're really really breaking some boundaries here like there are women on this futuristic football team one of which seems to be the quarterback or the captain and then later on there's lots of women in the military which if I'm not mistaken they kind of beat the US to the curb on that in, in 97 uh, which is and also there are women in potential leadership positions there are there's like a there's like a woman who's a captain of the starship of Denise Richards and, and Pretty Boy. And then uh there's also the coed showers and coed housing and like bunking <sighs> and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a thing.
1: Well, I mean, there's been women in the military for a long time. It's just they weren't allowed into combat
0: for a long okay, time. Okay, that I should specify that, yeah.
2: Yeah. But it yeah, seems the,
0: like the, they're the in every aspect
2: of see, it is, here. See, the co see now what the movie is is telling us is like, hey, here's a great Future where everyone's equal uh, in the story, but the movie's not going to accept that option because at no point do we see a penis.
1: Even
3: though we're <laughs> in a go head shower, we see lots of boobs, no penis. Come on, guys. Equality.
1: Oh, you see, you see, Bye. man butt. You know, we don't
3: see any ladies below the waist. I think that's more a, a film rating thing than it is a. Yeah, it's uh, like
0: the Game of Thrones thing. They didn't show Dong until like the fifth season. So,
3: <laughs> yeah, I mean, genuinely, when he gets slapped on the ass, you can definitely see that her finger went up there. She really got. It right <laughs> so I would, I would say that that's about as equal as you're gonna get. That's, you can look at well, up the Yeah, right.
1: Well, you can definitely see the red. You can, you can tell that it wasn't the first take. It's like that cheek was already red before she slapped oh, no. it.
3: Yeah, well, she was warming it up for him. A fun fact about that scene, um, apparently they were all very uncomfortable filming it together. I wonder, what? really. Right, and so the director, somebody, like, called him out on it because he was giving them crap about it, and so he took his clothes off, like the director and all the cameramen also. So they were also naked behind the <laughs> camera, and apparently they didn't use any whatever they usually covered – Private parts with in movies they were all just they were all just naked in that scene so it was a different time for filmmaking I think
0: um, oh is there footage of this like is there a footage of this entirely nude camera crew and director in a Not shower I know with of. a nude because uh, that would be what? a great like like special features reel <laughs> like that would be that would be fascinating to see uh, okay okay so so is there. <laughs> Uh is there anything redeemable about the fact that the movie just completely m- blurs the line between male and female and doesn't really seem to have as much of a social hierarchy as as we unfortunately have sometimes?
1: Ah, uh,
0: I mean, it's it's
2: interesting I don't, I don't know. This like we could really break this down for a lot of ways because he still ends up having this like relationship with Dizzy. So like, is this a society where people have evolved past jealousy as far as it comes to like people viewing their partners' bodies? But yet, like at the same time, when the guy like knocks on the door and is like, "Who's in there with you?" Like she like covers herself up. Uh, you know, we're getting into gender politics a lot here. So Denise Richards uh, is what I'm trying to say. <laughs>
1: I don't know. It's like, it, it's it's definitely paying lip service to um, equality of the sexes in the military, but yet the strongest woman character in the movie... Well, there's like two strong women characters. There's Dizzy, who is pining after... <laughs> Johnny Rico for the entirety of her span in the movie. Her
2: entire characterization is that she wants to be with him. Right. Yeah.
1: I mean, that's that's the majority of it. Also, she's a very competent soldier. And the other strong female character is the the captain of the giant starship who dies. Um so you know, and it's
2: cut right, Lucy Lawless?
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> and um but I mean, you know, and some of the other women, the the little we find out about them is like this woman wants to go into politics and that's why she's in the military. And this other woman wants to have babies and it's oh, easier you're to right. have babies. You're right. You're flushing this citizen. out better than
0: I can. Yeah. Never <laughs> <just> mind.
1: Like, <laughs> what? No. <laughs>
0: yeah. or right. The
1: guys are like, I'm going career. And, you know, it's like I'm doing this to piss off well, my Well, there's also dad. Denise Richards. Oh, Denise Richards
0: is going career as much as I despise her in this movie. Yeah. She
3: likes looking at Jupiter. That has nothing to do with Danny. (laughs) (sighs) Uh, Okay. (laughs) I don't
1: like her. (laughs) I mean, I
3: think, again, it's more about just the military itself. rather. I don't think they were trying to make a gender statement, even with the shower scene. I think they were just saying, you're all soldiers, so you all shower together. And then, especially evidenced by kind of what you were just saying of... Yeah, all the women are like, "Well, I'm only doing this because it'll make it easier to do what I really want to do in my life, which is whatever." Um, which right. I don't have anything against, uh, you know, if you want to be oh, a politician I, or have babies, that's fine. I so I don't want to get into that, but I just think that's kind of more the point they were trying to make is just we're all soldiers, so you all shower together and cuz nobody cared. That was the weirdest thing. No none of them in that cared. scene cared. There was no discussion of it. So. What,
2: which uh I think I think kind of what we were talking about like The the men were kind of there, just kind of like, well, I'm here because I'm here, and women are here because, like, this is going to help me advance in society. Like, I think they could have balanced that out really easily. Where it's like, yeah, there's the woman who's like, this will be a lot easier to get a voucher if I want to have a baby, if I'm in the military. And then you have that one woman be like, and I want to be in politics. And, like, if you had a guy be like, oh, that's why I'm here, too. Like, that kind of would have helped balance stuff out a
3: little bit. But, yeah, they
2: did set it up of like, women have to do this in order to get further ahead yeah that's sure.
1: something that's actually a carryover from Heinlein. That's a very common theme in his work of you know, kind of prepaying your debt to society in order to deserve the privileges of society. Mm. That's very common in most of his books.
0: gotcha uh, to to move ourselves a little bit away from the from the shower scene if if that's if that's possible, frankly, I mean, we could just riff another twenty minutes on this and the show would be over. We could uh in order to engage with the film it helps to identify with any of the characters but the satirical uh intent of starship troopers encourages you to hold these caricatures at a distance is it possible for the viewer to just let go and enjoy the film this is a question from nicole and before i hand it off to nicole which i would typically do immediately because that's says apparently what i do on accident i'm actually going to hand this off to our guest gordon because he apparently enjoyed this movie so i think that's a good person to start with with this question I did, and I think the the nice thing
3: about it is, you're right, they are kind of not really giving these characters any character, but at the same time, they give Rico just enough. Like, it's cliched, and oh, my girlfriend left me, and now I'm here, and what do I do with myself? But it's there enough that you do start caring about him, and like that scene when they're all dancing, and the dude's playing that neon green electric violin, which... Oh, I don't oh. know why they even knew to get that, but that's a totally different discussion. You know, you like you feel good because you do see that, like, oh, him and this girl are gonna finally be together, and so yes, I, I connected. Uh, David, it. you have you have something. So one part that I actually thought was really amusing is when he's first
2: sending that. Um, the, the Rico is sending the video message to uh, Evil Mastermind Denise Richards, and he's like, <laughs> "Here we are in the barracks." And it's going around to all the different like people a little bit, but like, there's that one guy playing like the violin. Like, apparently, that's his characterization as he plays the violin. Um, but he's like playing kind of that like Civil War like uh, sounding thing of like, "Here we are in the barracks." Like how you see in a lot of uh, whatever <laughs> his name, who does the documentaries about like Civil War and stuff. Oh,
1: like a Ken Burns documentary? Ken
2: Burns, yeah, like Ken Burns. Like, we're here in the barracks where we've (laughs) fought many a hard battle. Like, that kind of gave it that weird, like, tone. And then they started mooning the camera and... Yeah.
0: Ruined it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) To move us along a little bit, then... Uh, Well, first of all, Nicole, do you have anything on this, actually? Since this was your question.
1: I don't know. I mean, it's... You... Yeah when I was watching it, it's like the only characters I liked um, what's his name? Rassack, because they give him good lines, Michael Ironside's character. Um, And I like Dizzy, because she actually, you know, she's, I can identify with her motivations, and I'm glad that she's competent, and I'm sad that she's hung up on this Ken doll. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but the, you know, it's like, as you're identifying with the characters, you're like, I'm identifying with these people who are totally down for the agenda of this movie. Um, and I found an article online by a fellow named John Parrish. Um, and, this really resonated with me, and he says, "You know, that's what makes Verhoeven's Starship Troopers a work of satiric genius. It forces us to cheer for an ideology we know is wrong. So it's like if you, I, the more I felt myself identifying with the characters, the guiltier I felt about it. Um, so I wanted to peel to pull away from that guilt, but in doing so. I don't identify with the characters anymore, and I'm not as invested in the movie.
2: I did enjoy that Mr. Krabs became a private again <laughs> uh, in order to...
1: <laughs> I love Clancy Brown.
2: Clancy Brown I is so great, so and people who don't know that that is the voice of Mr. Krabs, he <laughs> is... It's fantastic. Like I see him in movies where he's playing this super menacing bad guy, Yeah. and all I'm like is he's got the formula to the... Oh,
1: wait till we get to Highlander. Daddy. Just wait. Just wait.
0: I can, and I will. <laughs> so uh, are any of these actors any good uh, and if so what are they doing differently exactly. than the rest of the cast to make them good that's another question from Nicole huh.
2: Neil Patrick Harris maybe because I, th- I, I like the kind of guy that he's kind of got stuck in playing where he's like a, a little bit of, uh, like a little cocky Um, he's not a lot in this film. Maybe that's why he's better in it. Uh, but just like the kind of bit part he plays, I, I enjoy.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I wish,
3: I wish we had gotten to see more of Neil Patrick Harris because they, they waste so much time showing us, uh, Denise Richards and (laughs) she's not doing anything. She's just piloting a ship. And I hate personally, I hate again, not to get back into gender politics, but I do hate that scene where she's backing the ship out. And, like, that's how we show that she's a strong, competent woman because she just ignores all the safety rules and backs (laughs) out at her own speed. You know, like, I hate when they do that in movies. Like, no, she's a go-getter. Right. Like, she's a go-getter. She doesn't have to listen to the rules that we put for everybody's safety. It's like, okay, anyway. But but she does it flirty with the guy
0: that's apparently on the same level as her because they were both in high school. So I'm not entirely sure why he's teaching her because they – I digress. Go ahead.
3: Yeah. But so anyway, instead of those scenes, if we could have seen because by the end of the movie, Neil Patrick Harris is communicating psychically with these brain alien things. And he obviously becomes one of the SS troopers and all that. And it's like it would have been cool to see his story because he is kind of the most detailed of the characters that we have in this film. And then he's barely in the movie, which is really disappointing.
1: I totally agree. I think that would have been great to have less of the pilot story and, you know, because they set it up at the beginning of the movie that there's these three friends and they're going into these three different branches of the military and yet we don't get to see uh, Neil Patrick, you know, Carl. Is the name of the character? We don't get to see Carl's story as he goes into military intelligence.
2: And they also they also set up this whole psychic thing, kind of like on a whim, just to just to set up that last part where he's like, they're afraid. Uh, <laughs> and but like they like in the beginning, like that kind of seems to be like a thing. Is like people are psych. Like that has huge implications. Right. And, like you have young Lassiter from Psych in there, which totally that was my
3: favorite out. part of the whole movie. Oh
2: my <laughs> god, that was up. him. Yeah, he was the guy on TV oh, no, see, that
1: was like. Uh, I know him as King Richard in Gallivant.
2: He's fantastic in Gallivant. Yeah. Uh, small Gallivant side story: when he, for people who have not seen it, watch Gallivant. But when he was like with his wife doing like the lines of how he was going to do it for his audition, uh, he's so like flamboyantly over the top. His wife looked at him and was like, "What the hell was that?" <laughs> uh, the actor's so great, but yeah, young Lassiter totally freaked me out.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, if you think you're psychic. Maybe you are.
0: Yeah, I, I th- think third there are away, suddenly. Was- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it starts appearing. There are moments of triumph in the acting in this movie. I think at times. I think. I think Neil Patrick Harris is certainly particularly the most interesting character to me again he shows up the least but also he has like the most interesting potential story arc that we learn nothing about because one thing apparently in this movie is that even though there's like hundreds and hundreds if not thousands upon thousands of these students only like three of them matter and they're all gonna show up exactly the same places at all the same times and apparently he has climbed the ladder even more so than the other two because he's like he's pseudo Hitler just walking around in his trench coat and and Buenos Aires is full of white people
3: well, so that's, yeah. <laughs> I, just was, I was thinking about that. And now that you mentioned that theory that these are all – it doesn't even have to be that the Nazis won because that is a thing that happened is a lot of the Nazi officers went and hid in South America uh, at the end of the war. So the fact that they're all there in this movie could just be – that they kind of started their own little country again, Ooh, and
1: maybe they're up. Nazi descendants.
3: Yeah, exactly. And they
1: they took on the names, but they're but they're actually European, which would explain why they're named Rico Flores and Ibanez, and yet not Hispanic in any way whatsoever.
3: Yeah, because I mean that truly happened. Uh, funnily enough, we just watched a movie on on my other podcast about that called The Boys from Brazil. And it's about all these Nazis down in South America trying to grow Hitler again. So, this is actually, I think, the hidden sequel to that movie where they (laughs) succeeded and Neil Patrick Harris is Hitler. Um, I'm loving uh, this theory. It has grown from Joseph Mengele. I really
1: like
3: this thing. Yeah. It's all coming together, guys. The
1: boy's from Brazil, too.
2: What we're saying is that Denise Richards is a Hitler clone. (laughs) Oh, my (laughs) God. all coming back to.
0: Sure.
1: Tiny button nose.
0: You know, this is another one of those Geek Cinema Society inevitable t shirts on the back, along with Sleep is Where You Can Be a Viking. It also needs to be Denise Richards is a Hitler clone.
2: (laughs) I'm into it. Yep. Uh, I I would wear that in public. Denise with a tiny, with a little
0: mustache on it.
3: Yep. Yep. Oh my God.
0: Oh, email us, Society gmail.com, if you would wear that t shirt. Uh, moving on to a couple more very brief discussion topics, and then we're gonna take a look at some eBay stuff and close out this wonderful episode. Uh, why bother with ground infantry if airstrikes seem so effective? This is a good question from David. Uh, <laughs> why? Why is ground infantry a thing in this movie? <laughs> They're the least effective. Ugh.
3: You gotta get them. That was the interesting thing, too, is, like, these bugs all hid underground, and then we drop six dudes on the ground, and then a million of them show up. Yeah. They're not that. smart. They're I not. Mean, you don't need to send that many to go kill six guys. And then there's another discrepancy. That was, the honestly, the biggest problem I had with the movie is... Uh, a bug in this movie takes exactly as many bullets as they needed it to take to kill it, whether that be a thousand or four. (laughs) Oh yeah. A hundred percent. Especially Neil Patrick Harris. He's in that little clip. He's like, Oh, if you shoot their legs off, they're still 85% effective, but shoot them in the face and they die. And he, he just is cutting limbs with a single bullet. And then when they, the, when the ground infantry meets their first bug, 15 of them are unloading and the bug still (laughs) takes out the entire squad.
1: I thought about that while I was watching it. I'm like, nobody else apparently saw that video with Neil Patrick Harris showing you where to shoot the bugs because they're all just... Putting hundreds of rounds per bug into
3: them, <laughs> right? But then there's that scene at the end where they're all they're at that base and they hold off a uh, probably 10 million bugs. They they just have they, so many that they're climbing over the pile is higher than the walls of the building they're defending. And no, I've I, one person reloaded in that whole movie. I saw one yeah. person reload. Dizzy, hey, she got killed. That's what happened at one point. Right, and that's when one person reloads their gun in the movie
0: right uh, yeah yeah this is one of this is one of those films where the deaths are they only happen on screen when completely convenient to whatever's happening so uh, one more question. And then we'll head into our eBay stuff. Uh, this was something that David mentioned earlier, but Verhoeven in the DVD commentary did state that the film's message is to quote, uh, war makes fascists of us all. And to kind of follow through on that line of thought, does this change anything about the movie for you? Uh, I'll, I'll just go ahead and say, like, yeah, shoulder shrug emoji. It's kind of okay. I, this kind of, the entire movie, I was like, this is kind of Nazi ish. So that was more or less what I was going into and expected. So it doesn't change a whole lot for me uh david this was your inquiry is it something that really affects the movie for you one way or the other
2: i think because it's a little bit in and i know like there is some subtlety to the nazism but i wouldn't say much like it gets pretty in your face at times um, yeah the, like the think, insignias yeah especially i mean just especially when he walks in in that like in that black trench coat with that hat, and it's like, oh, yeah, we're definitely doing Nazis. Uh, I think like maybe if it had been a little more subtle, yes, but the fact that they went satire, um, I don't know if the message lands as well.
0: Perhaps so. Uh, Gordon, this was a movie that you enjoyed. Does, does knowing that intent from the director change anything for you?
3: No, not really, because I think, like you just said, it's pretty obvious. I mean, especially with that scene when all the kids are stomping the bugs, that scene really bothered me. And, but I guess it kind yeah. of, that's, the, it's so heavy handed of that point of, well, they're cockroaches. So they're going to turn into giant aliens that kill us. So we'll stomp on them, you know? And it's, it'd be kind of like, just to use a current example, cause why not bring in politics? You know, it's like, well, if we were, we're going to war with Iraq. And so you see some other, per like an Afghanistani person or whatever. And you're like, Oh, you're just as bad. So I'm going to assault you now. Or even another person from that country. Who's not a soldier. You know, it's just obviously that's, I, I don't know what I'm saying, but the point it's is, stupid, you know, it's, just it's stupid too heavy propaganda. Handed, too heavy sure. handed. It's too heavy handed for me to be like, Oh, right. Now I see this whole movie in a totally different light. Instead. It's just, yeah, that's exactly what the point was. That doesn't surprise me at all.
0: Right. Uh, what about you, Nicole?
1: Um no, I don't think it I don't think it makes me see the movie any differently I mean that's that's a view that I kind of hold already is you have to be very careful in war not to dehumanize the enemy I mean that's your your natural tendency in order to make it easier to kill people uh, because that's that's part of the point of wars to kill enough people that your enemy decides it's not worth it anymore um and you achieve your objective whatever it was that you wanted from the the other party but you know it, you can you can lose yourself if you're not careful you know you forget that the the people on the other side are people um and it's very easy to try to you know, you want to get the war done quickly and efficiently and the way to do that is to have a, a populace that's entirely on board and the most efficient way to have your populace be entirely on board with the war is to implement, you know, fascistic policies where, you know, the government is, is dominating uh, the media and attitudes in the country and if you don't go along with what the government thinks, then you're you know potentially an enemy of the state you know you can go really deep with this if you wanted to and i do think that's part of ferhoven's point i mean he's clearly coming from a place of experience and and wanting to be extremely clear on what you need to watch out for um so, I mean, I think I I definitely understand Verhoeven's point there about war making people fascists. And it's something that you have to be very, very careful of.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The point is well taken. Uh, earlier today, I was editing our, our V for Vendetta episode, which is out on the feed now. And I was like, oh, yeah, like as Nicole is running down these themes. I'm like, that did that better. So uh, that's on the feed if, if if you haven't listened that far back in time and would like to go check that out about five weeks ago from the time this comes out. Uh, to move on very quickly, we do have a couple very brief eBay things. That's something we always do on this show is we find weird shit on eBay for the film that we are watching. I struggled heavily with this because I really couldn't find a lot aside from like toys from the era came out and I try to find weird things usually uh, and I found two things. One was on eBay and one was on AliExpress. I had to go to AliExpress because I was desperately trying to find weird, and that's really just where you go. Uh, does anyone <laughs> else have any others before I share these two?
2: Um, I've got a couple of things. They're not as weird. Okay. Uh, I just think they're really funny. There's, so there's one, um, which is uh, a, a patch of the flag. So it's the Federal Flag Patch. Which is just kind of funny to get a, a good look at that image now and just see that that sweet sweet Nazi eagle, on there. <laughs> uh, and they're only they're only ten ninety nine if you want to hop on that. And the other thing I found, um, which this is a scene that I also could have talked about for oh that that may have been the same thing. Wait, hold on. Uh, the other thing I found uh, is not. So okay, it was the temporary tattoo and patch set of that tattoo they got—the death from above tattoo. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. for some reason I'm unable to copy the link. Uh, but yeah, that that was weird. That like, hey, tattoos are now done by lasers. They're still super '90s though. And then there's like, <laughs> buddy pours alcohol on there. But yeah, the whole death from above image. Yeah, uh, it's yeah. If you want a temporary tattoo and a patch, you can find that for nine ninety nine.
0: Yeah, right on uh, I have a couple as well. The first one I have from AliExpress, and this one is Bug Boss of Starship Troopers, t-shirt, funny old movie design, t-shirt, men, women, printed t-shirt, cool fashion novelty <laughs> style top, t-shirt. It's a t-shirt, uh, if that was not made abundantly clear. And here's what I find so deeply unsettling about this t-shirt is that it's like a well-done, like, gra- graphic tee of just the sad slug monster being tortured and killed, along with the, with the text, it's afraid! Oh my God. <laughs> and I'm like, who the hell is going to wear this in public? Like, yeah, that, that, it thing, looks that thing's so head vaginas. Sad.
1: Oh, like, wow. <laughs> so sad. That is, that, it is. It is. It is sad. That is so strange. It's just this giant fleshy mass with spider eyes and drool, and it's, you know, the slit in it. And, oh. <laughs>
0: yeah that, along, oh, along yeah. with like comic like comic <laughs> comically fun font that's like it's afraid like yay Uh and then the other thing I found just because I want us all to remember the time and place from which this movie came uh, this is a thing you can buy it on PSP not as a PSP game but as a PSP movie <laughs> that this oh, was yeah, a tiny yeah, disc
2: UMDs were the wave of the future
0: yes <laughs> So if you want Starship Troopers on a UMD, you got it for uh, only five forty, which frankly is cheap. Given, oh my gosh, I have to do one quick follow up. Last week on the program for 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 uh, Gordon Gordon Lightfoot, not Gordon Lightfoot, Flash Gordon uh, <laughs> <they're laughs> would have been better with Gordon Lightfoot music instead of Queen. But in any case, no, uh, no, I kid. Uh, I the, we had, we talked in this segment last week about an unwritten and unproduced script for flesh gordon 2 the softcore yes. por- par- parody of flash gordon i have gone back and forth with that seller over the last weeks sending him potentially offensive low offers that he doesn't even send me replies back i sent him <laughs> 7.99 which i thought was appropriate he declined i responded at twelve forty seven like yeah. not at the time 12.47 just like $12.47 which frankly was also fair and he rejected <laughs> both of those didn't even offer a counter offer i have one more chance on ebay to send him an offer keep in mind that he is looking for $50 i still want to buy this thing and do a reading of it uh i'm not willing to pay more than like 20 bucks tops So if you're listening, eBay seller, I'm really – come on. I'm the only person that's going to buy this from you. Like let's just throw in the towel at some point and go home, okay? Uh, But that's going to do it for ourselves here on Geek Cinema Society. Let's quickly go around the table and see where everyone can find everybody else. Uh, First of all, Gordon, what do you got going on? Tell people about all your stuff.
3: Uh, Yeah, so just to kind of talk about it again, we have ggpodcasting.com. That's where you can find all of our shows. we got a link to our Patreon there. Uh, If you want to help us out, we're on Twitter at random reviewers, and you can tweet at us there, find all our random tweets about movies. And yeah, we have pretty much a show for everybody. If you like movies, we talk about all the bad ones and some of the good ones. Uh, If you like Dungeons and Dragons, if you like terrible improv with just three drunk people around a table, Donald's Dungeon is for you. And then the morning dump, like I said, gets you through the day. Start your day off right uh, with a random discussion from us.
0: And that's going to do it for us this week. I hope you really enjoyed us going back to Geek Cinema Society one time. I think it was A pleasant thing to come out of a rather unpleasant thing. I love Geeks in My Society. I highly recommend checking out the archive on your podcast feeds if you'd like to hear more conversations like that. But again, one more reminder. Next week is new to two. It's the beginning of the next movie-go-round cycle. Nicole's pick is 1998's Out of Sight. You can follow everybody on Twitter. I am at... I am Brett Stewart. Nicole is at YourWordWiz. And David... Is at Dav Luz. We'll see you next week.